want to talk about your vacation or what do you, what do you call it? Just your, your hiatus, your, your week off. Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, I had a breakdown and had to, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway kidding. <laughs> Halfway kidding. I mean, no, no, I just decided I need some time off. So I decided to take a week off and, you know, here's the thing about time off. And I, I never, I never remember to follow this rule, but here's the rule. If you think you need a couple of days, take a week. If you think you need a week, take two weeks. Cause the problem is, so here's, here's how it started. I, you know, I was really stressed out. It was, a, it was a busy month for me and I was tired and I was like, you know what? I haven't had any time off all year. I'm burnt out. I'm just going to take next week off. You know, I just need some time to de-stress and all that kind of stuff. And um, so that's what I've been doing. But it's been a tough transition from being super busy and thinking all the time to not having anything to do. Yeah. How do you decompress instantly and then relax? Yeah. And that's the problem. That's why I'm saying if you think you need a week, you probably need two weeks because... Although I do have a tip. Yeah. Alcohol. <laughs> Just drink the whole time? <laughs> no, I mean, that's how, that's how you at least kick it off. That's how you get in relaxation mode. Yeah. Well, before I started my vacation, I was sabotaging myself. I started making this list of things that I hadn't been able to get to because I was so busy with work that I wanted to get to. I ended up with this massive list and every day I had something to do. I was like... I want to get this new blog post. I want this new thing I want to start doing. I have this thing I want to research and read and write. And I ended up kind of stressing myself out before I even started my time off because I was planning all this stuff to do. Mm, yeah. So my, that's when, that's when my, my wonderful significant other, my wife, kind of intervened and said, you know what? You just need to not touch your computer. Get off email, everything. Just hang out with the kids. You're on email? No, no. This was Friday whenever I was planning my week. Okay. And she came in and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just planning my week. I have all this stuff I've been meaning to get to. And she's like, I thought she needed to decompress and de-stress. And so well, so you, so you came in this morning into the, into the studio. Yeah. But you, uh, you didn't really say much about what you'd been doing this week. So Monday was an awesome day. You know what I did Monday? I slept. <laughs> so <laughs> I... <laughs> I stayed up late Sunday night, just goofing off, doing whatever. Yeah. So I got to bed real late. And then, uh, so I just kind of slept in. I got up, I had some brunch, I guess I'll call it. It was breakfast, lunch. Yeah. And then uh, hung out with my son. And before I knew it, he and I were on the couch sleeping, taking a nap. That was my Monday. Now it's not brunch if there's not either mimosas or Bloody Marys involved. Oh, you know uh, that, right? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I'm not of the brunch <laughs> class, so I, I'm not aware that was, of the That rules. was just an early lunch then. Okay. <laughs> but it was breakfast food, so I, yeah. I have to call it a brunch, don't I? Oh, then I was just a late breakfast. What do you call eggs for dinner? No, you can call it uh, Brenner. Brenner? Yeah. <laughs> breakfast for dinner, right? Yeah, breakfast for dinner. Although eggs are pretty versatile. Egg, eggs doesn't necessarily mean breakfast. Um, I know, you know but like that's... Like Italian frittatas or, you know, this, all in, kinds of things. In, in my head, Quiche, I guess. that's like a breakfast food. Well, the Italians would disagree with you. I'm just saying, in my head... Eggs are breakfast foods. In your head. Well, you pancakes are breakfast foods. A, you can't have pancakes <laughs> for dinner. My kids are always well, like, yeah, can no. we have pancakes for dinner? I'm like, no, that's breakfast food. Oh, what we are do you that crazy? The, we do that all the time. Oh, they end, always end up having pancakes for yeah. dinner, but um, well, that's cool. So yeah. So I've been I've been I've been slowly kind of unwinding, getting my brain to kind of relax and not think and not work and And then you have to come in and record a podcast so that you have to get your brain back in into gear. Yeah, yeah. So then I came in and I inevitably hopped on email and started responding to some people and some things that were sitting there. So it kind of feels like a work day today, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. You got to fix that. Yeah. 
Maybe I'll take, this, maybe I'll take Monday and feel, Tuesday The podcast shouldn't week. feel like work, John. <laughs> maybe I'll take a couple extra days to make up for today. There you go. Yeah. Sure, all my clients or project team listening are, are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not allowed to. Not allowed to. No, no vacation for you. No vacation. So, uh, oh, we never talked about this. iTunes reviews. Yeah, we have to, we, we owe a belated thank you to some people, yeah. right? It, it's, it's odd what happened to us, though, because... This is a typical Apple thing to do, right? Yeah. So, so we've asked, you know, people to, if they, you know, if they, if they like the podcast, to go into iTunes and leave us a review and, you know, a, a rating... Mainly just because it helps people find the podcast. If you don't, I, don't, I think if you don't have any reviews or ratings, then when people search, it just iTunes ranks it very low. It's almost like Google's page rank. You could have a great website, but if there's not a lot of valid websites that are linking to your site, it essentially doesn't exist. I mean, it's not like you know, we don't have advertisers. We don't charge anything. We don't, you know, since it's not for money or anything else. It's just, it's just simply so that we, we're somewhat discoverable, right? And so, you know, we've asked, and there, we've gotten a couple of reviews. But then we, we, someone made a comment uh, that they had left a review. And I was like, well, that's weird because I... And I, 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 I thought I'd remember them saying that a while back, and I would never saw it. I thought, well, maybe it's just, you know, iTunes. Maybe they thought it was spam or something. Right. But then we discovered that Apple has the entire world segregated into these silos, and we can't see each other. So, so you and I are, in the, we're, you know, we're sitting here and... Frisco, Texas, right outside of Dallas. Uh, and we've got people, apparently, from all over the world leaving us reviews that we can't see yeah. because we're segregated from them by Apple. And I'm going to set up the account. There's no notification for iTunes no. saying, hey, you right. got a review or something. Nothing. And the other bummer is that when people, I guess, in, in one country go to you know see us on iTunes, they don't see any of the reviews or ratings from people in other countries. I mean. Yeah. That's <laughs> just odd. It's just, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, so I ended up finding it by changing my URL because in the URL it would say US and I changed that to, I first attempted UK and that actually redirected, auto-redirected me to GB. Okay. Um, and that's when we found, you know, three other reviews from our friends over across the pond. Yeah. Great reviews. Yeah. Really appreciate it, guys. Um, so, do we, I mean. I guess if you're in another we, country and you've written a review, just ping us on Twitter and say, hey, I, I did that so we can go check it out because. And I don't know we if don't we see them. Apparently. I don't necessarily know if people want to be named, but there's at least one or two people that that I'm sure don't mind. So let's let's thank them. Oh, we know Sean, Sean, uh, Sean Holmes, and Matt, and Matt, and Morris. Matt Morris, and a third person, I believe, which I don't have the name on hand. And I don't know if they want to be mentioned either. Yeah, um, but those two we know. Yeah, they're cool. Anyway, yeah, it's I don't know. Supposedly it helps. So so thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. I mean, not a podcast expert. <laughs> <laughs> you lied to me, no sir. I have no idea. I know. I came into this thinking you're an expert. Ah, I forgot. I got to keep up with my lies. You <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> anyway. So we had an interesting meeting today. One of the reasons I came in today is we had a You and I had a meeting? Huh? Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, because if we, people that don't know this, like, John and I try not to talk about the podcast outside of the podcast. It's like the f- first rule of the Good Day Sir podcast is you don't talk about the, the first podcast. rule of Good Day Sir <laughs> yeah. is you do not talk about Good Day Sir. No. <laughs> Except when we're recording, right? That's when we're allowed to talk. So we try not to have meetings. In fact, we're gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna cover some business here later. But I was just like, you know, we should just talk about this on the podcast. This should just, should just be a public thing. 
It sucks because then you and I sit across each other at lunch, not talking. <laughs> <laughs> but we just can't talk about the podcast. I'd be like, oh, did you hear? Oh, wait a minute. I can't talk about right. that. Right. No. And we also can't talk about topical items, right? That's the other bummer. Because it ruins the conversation then. You can't, you know, recreate a conversation if you've already had the conversation. Anyway, so yeah, we had a, we had a meeting today. Although I wasn't really involved. Well, really neither of us were, but. Well, it was just a, it was a, it was a meeting on, it was a Dreamforce meeting hosted by Mike Gerholt and uh, the crew, I guess. There's, there's a lot of people involved in making this happen, but yeah, we're, we've mentioned before that we're going to be at Dreamforce and we're going to do some live recording. And so that today's meeting was about that. So we've got a little bit more information about the podcast zone that's being set up in the admin zone and there's going to be an official schedule for us to sign up on. And so we'll start working out our times and when we're actually going to be available to record. And I'll post those. I'll have those on a, on our site so that we can link to those and have those ready. And that way, uh, if you're at Dreamforce, you'll be able to come check us out. We'll get to record live. Yeah, so that's going to be pretty cool. Now, <clears throat> I've never been to Dreamforce. And so I haven't seen what they've done with podcasts in the past. But apparently... Last year, they had a podcast zone of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. When did you last go to Dreamforce? It was, a, I think, two, maybe maybe two years ago. Did they have a, a podcast area? Not then? that I saw, no. But anyway, it sounds like they're pretty excited about these Salesforce-related podcasts and are really wanting to, I don't, I guess, promote or show, just showcase, give give us a space to, to do some recordings and- To do our to thing. To do our thing, right. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. So thanks, Mike. Uh, who who was the um, who's the other woman involved in that? Um, you're gonna put me on the spot, aren't yeah, you? I, am. Uh, I think that was Jillian Maddle, maybe. I think so. Yeah. What is her role at Salesforce? Is she like marketing or some kind of community relations or something? I do not know. I don't either. But um, I will find. Anyway, out. it sounds like they're putting a lot of work into that. So yeah, should be cool. So speaking of Dreamforce, I've, again, I've never been, and I'm sure there's a lot of people going for the first time, right, this year. And I've I'm, I'm just been wondering to myself, like, what do I need to do to prep for this? Um, and so I thought maybe you might have some just off-the-cuff tips for Dreamforce attendees. I saw that there is a – I'm going to go ahead and answer that question I just asked you. I noticed because that's how I roll. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, just I noticed that there is a trailhead, and I still don't even know what trailhead is. It's some kind of little. Uh, f- well, it's it's I mean, gamified learning, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. Uh, I was going to say a little thing, but it's actually it seems to be a very big thing. Yeah, it's not so little. And it's I still am not sure. Is it does it replace like the other learning things, or just augment them, or they're for fun? I, I really don't know. But I did see that um, people tweeting that there is a trailhead trail. Is that what is it called a trail? Mm-hmm. Okay, for Dreamforce. And I scrolled through it. It's just like a, a one-page thing. That's why I don't trailhead just a bunch of web pages. I'm not sure what it is. But um I mean there are activities mm-hmm. you can do and you follow you follow the path and you get a badge for it. Okay. So depending on your activity, and there is a Dreamforce activity that you can participate in and you'll get your Dreamforce badge. But it looked like there were some good tips. I mean, just everything from kind of what to wear. So um, what did you see about where? Because yeah, I have some opinions on what to wear. I don't remember. Let Not that see. I'm a fashion consultant or expert. Um, Dreamforce Trailhead. Do you think Google will do? Oh, it's already in my developer cache or my browser cache here. Um, yeah, you know, just like how to. Oh, there's Mike. Speaking of uh, those uh, 
how to pack. It's got a great picture of Mike Gerholt showing his socks. I'm not sure how that applies. I guess uh, just wear comfy shoes. <laughs> Definitely nice, wear comfy shoes. Nice Superman socks, by the way, Mike. Um, oh, just, you know, br- you know, devices. So should you bring your laptop, your phone, chargers, all that kind of stuff. Um, just the weather. So if you've never been to San Francisco, it's kind of crazy. It goes from being... I don't know if it's ever shorts weather. Sometimes yeah, borderline shorts, but it can it can get like, you know, you walk to a different neighborhood or the, or you know, from one day to the next, it can go from you know short sleeves are okay to you really need like a, at least a windbreaker. It can get chilly. Yeah, it's it's definitely dress in layers type weather. Yeah, if you're not used to Pacific Coast weather, I mean, you you layers is probably the best advice because you can yeah. take things off, you can put things on, and by layers really like. Two, meaning one that you always keep on so that you don't, so that you're not naked. And then one that <laughs> can go on top of that. All right. Tip number one for Dreamforce <laughs> yeah. is do not show up naked. <laughs> so I'm, here's the bad news, guys. You do have to wear pants. Oh. <laughs> so. Darn it. I know. But we'll uh, be behind the, the podium there recording the podcast. So can't I just business on the top and party oh, like, on the bottom? Was it Sean or, or, or Matt that uh, was going to wear their kilt? Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, but yeah, just, um, you know, plan how you're going to get around. Um, I've heard several people say, don't overbook yourself. In fact, yeah. in fact, you've said that. Um, I heard, uh, Matt Lacey has got a good blog post he just did recently about Dreamforce, and he talks about not booking too much because you'll you'll be surprised how much time it takes to get from place to place or you know you'll want to you'll find yourself wanting to hang out and talk to people instead of necessarily attending you know 80 sessions in, you know, yeah. in a week I'll um, tell you this some of, some of my earlier mistakes and and maybe I'll approach this from the mistakes I've made but the mistakes I've made in the past have been you know filling my schedule to the brim from morning to to the end of the day I had schedules my schedule was packed with sessions which meant as soon as one was done I was out the door and racing to the next one. The problem with that is, if, if I, there was a session that I really enjoyed, I didn't give myself time to stop and you know hang out and maybe try to speak, speak to some of the speakers and or even just the people around and find out how they enjoyed it or what their thoughts were on it. So, I mean, definitely, you know, don't fill your schedule. Give yourself some room in between to socialize and, and meet people and talk and who are sh- in this room sharing the same thing that you shared. Yeah. And if you've, I mean, if you've never been to conferences and I've never been to Dreamforce, but I've been to a lot of, you know, software and developer type conferences and it's what they call like the hallway conversations that tend to be like some of the most valuable things. Yeah. So give yourself time to have hallway conversations and to meet people and to, I mean, I'm really looking forward to connecting with people that I've kind of known just, um, on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to just the other thing to consider is that, you know, if it's a session you enjoy, or that you think you'll enjoy, but the content kind of wasn't what you thought it would be, it's probably going to be worth it to kind of hang out a little bit and talk to the speakers and try to get some more details. Because what happens is, because is, I've done this, is when you're planning out your session and everything, you're planning out your slides and everything, you're, you're kind of speaking to the kind of lowest common denominator. You're trying to make sure that you cover a high-level perspective in a short amount of time. So if you have some like really specific questions or something really specific you wanted to get out of it, definitely, you know, Hang out, talk to the speakers, talk to people around you, and get that information. Don't just walk out saying, "Oh, that sucked. That was wasting my time." You know, stay and make it worth worth your time. Yeah, I mean, usually speakers are really um, interested in having people come up and ask them questions yeah. and things. So, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's a good tip. 
Um, so you've been to Dreamforce, John. What's what do you feel like the you know male female ratio is there? Um, this is not like a typical developer conference where you have you know one or two percent women, right? No, no, not at all. I mean, I mean, I never felt like any one group was misrepresented there. There's always been a, a steady flow of of women, of of men, of just different races. I mean, it, it's it's definitely just a melting pot of people. So this isn't going to be you know hashtag sausage fest San Francisco. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, well, uh, regardless, um, one of these things on this trailhead is there's a group called Girly Geeks, and if you want to meet up with other women who tech. Um, then, uh, I guess you can find a friend to meet up with or just yeah. pal around at dev zone at the dev zone or the admin zone. Uh, so now there's the girly zone, geeks, but there's not, the dev zone not, might be kind of dude heavy. I might say, de- uh, probably so. I mean, de- so I, I can see how, how the girly geeks and, and, you know, trying to create that environment there might be helpful. Cause I, I guess if I was to say any area was a little heavy on, on the male perspective, it, it would be the developer zone. Yeah. And and why is that? Is it is this is the is the developer zone hostile to women, John? No, it's not hostile, not at all, by C- no means. Could be all the the pantsless uh, dudes sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- I think as with anything, I mean, we're trying to encourage more women into the field. You know, percentage wise, there's more men than than women and in if, the field. And if and Sean's there in his uh, attire that he well, promised, yeah, it's Sean, definitely going to be hostile. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's going to be hostile to me. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and it says, um, also get social. Yeah. Right? This is a conference. You're there with people. If you want, you can interact with people on Twitter, virtually, however you want. Yeah. If you're at the conference, stop, talk to people. You're standing in line. Everyone's standing yeah. in line, looking at their phones. Put your phones down. Talk to each other. Exactly. It says, I'm yeah. antisocial and I'll, I'll put my phone down and talk to you. I'll so, talk to you. I'll so walk them down the lines and talk to you. Your favorite social media channels are a hot way to connect with attendees. So follow the hashtags and don't forget. <laughs> I so wish we were periscoping this right now. Your, your little dance is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> your eyes lit up and everything. Yep. I was dancing, dancing in my chair. I have a feeling that's not the first time you played that song. Have you heard that before? No. You haven't? <laughs> no. That's an, it's actually a terrible song, and the whole thing is available, I believe, on YouTube. It was an actual for real thing that it was at some social media conference. And this, it was like, you know, to hype, every, get everyone hyped up and ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not good. So now it's I don't a, think it worked. Now it's a meme. Like you can so, see people sorts. just sitting in their chairs going, oh my gosh, they're just watching this train wreck happen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get social. Can you hear the, the guy doing like background <laughs> the vocals? Social. Yeah. Let's get social. Social. <laughs> <laughs> Way to contribute, dude. <laughs> I could have done a better job than that. That's the uh, the rappers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what do they call them? The crew? I that, they know. just hang out and like repeat the, the last word? Sidekick, yeah. yeah. Entourage. Yeah, They're entourage, okay. yeah. <laughs> that used to be a thing. You'd go to a rap concert and the, the guy you went to see would like barely rap and all his entourage would be rapping and, and singing and everything. and Like shaking their hands and like dancing around. Yeah. And the guy you went there to see to rap... <laughs> Uh, barely did anything and kind of pissed you off. Uh, that's yeah. changed since then, I believe. But yeah, I didn't like, kind of like that style. I can remember like the Beastie Boys; they were great at that in the eighties. You know, and like, like they would like different ones would sing different words. Sometimes they double up. You know, and I don't know how they remembered who sung what word, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> My white this, suburban brain yeah. cannot handle how they wrapped that. Down. Reason number 672 why I'm not a rapper. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. What are you typing? Um, none of your business. That's why my computer faces away from you. <laughs> um, let's talk about our swear jar for last month. That's right. It's the first of the month, so we get to pay out the swear jar. Now, this is something that you, I guess, implied or suggested that that every once a month uh, we, you know, we'll take our tally. Yeah, and we'll um, pick a charity. That gives us the potential I guess for we can twelve pick a, charities a year. Yeah, we pick maybe pick a different one every month or yeah. whatever. Um, so we, we have, to, are we in agreement on that? I think that's fine. I just didn't, I didn't realize that was the thing until you just like casually mentioned <laughs> that we were emptying it out once a month. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I missed that. Meeting. Well, the alternative is like once a year and that's just, I you must've had a meeting with yourself on that one. I did. <laughs> um, we also discussed your, your, your continued employment and decided that you could stay. Okay. <laughs> at the Good Day Star Studios? At the Good Day Star Studios. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Make sure let me keep my job. Um okay, so we have uh what do we want to talk about? Numbers and our the the charity we picked? Yeah. Why don't yeah. you because I don't even have that information, so I'll let you take that. I have all the infos. So for the month of July, you have uh eight dollars in the swear jar and I have ten dollars in the swear jar. Yeah. That's a total of eighteen dollars. Eighteen bucks. Um, so that's that's cool, right? Uh, eighteen bucks. But the, when I saw those numbers, I thought to myself, you know, that's well. First of all, I'm sure that we had more. They're not really swears, I guess. Although I guess they could be, but you know, more ticks. Yeah, we you know we're either not doing a good enough job, or ticking each other, you know, or we're getting a lot better. We're just awesome. I, <laughs> Um, and I don't know which it is, but man, I'm, this is so annoying. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm, I'm, my soundboard is all messed up anyway. Um, <laughs> get it together. man. Yeah. Um, or, or we need to have a, like a multiplier, right? I mean, cause eight, you know, 18 bucks is not, it's not nothing, but you, know, you can buy someone, you know, a hamburger with that. So should, we, so should we do a eighteen dollar hamburger? No, yeah, it's a good one. It's it's a custom grind. Okay. It's got some. It's got some veal. It's got some bacon and some, and some bacon and some brisket <laughs> mixed in with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, do we need a multiplier or something? You know, like I don't well, know. My my alternative to the multiplier is what if it's there's a minimum? Like you know, whatever the swear jar is, it's either this minimum or whatever the swear jar is. Whatever comes first. Well, so if we did a if we did a minimum, then I mean, would the swear jar ever exceed the minimum? Like, do we need a multiplier on the swear jar just to make it just to keep it interesting? Keep some skin in the game. Yeah, I'm good with that. So what's what's like a bare minimum? Twenty five bucks each. Yeah. Okay, so fifty bucks. Okay, and then I think <clears throat> let's do a multiplier on them. What about three x? So that would have been what's thirty six plus eighteen fifty four fifty four right so that keeps it you know we could we could go over let's do that so a three a multiplier so yeah. the number's three let's try that all right 
So 54 for the month of July. So who are we donating to, man? So we, and I just kind of threw this out and we both agreed it's a good one. The ASPCA, which stands for, I have no idea what, but it's the, you know, the, it's an American based charity, I believe. And it's for the prevention of animal cruelty. You're close. It's the Americans, I think American society. Oh shoot. I had it. I had it. And now I don't know what it is. (laughs) I'm sure Google can tell you. American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. But they run, you know, no-kill shelters and do all kinds of stuff to help help animals. So it's always a good one. Yeah. Well. So that was so, that was last month, right? So. So this is the same commercials. This is the same organization that runs those commercials, isn't it? They do have. Yeah, they do do advertising. So so here's my thing about those commercials: is I'm sitting there eating dinner with my kids, and. All of a sudden, I'm watching a family show, and all of a sudden, this thing comes on. I start hearing this music playing, and all of a sudden, there's these animals like looking at me. They're all sad. They look abused. They're shaking. They're quivering. And, and then all of a sudden, this Sarah McLaughlin music starts playing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're, you're flying through this, John. And then, and then I'm sad. I'm sad. And my kids are sad. And my daughter's looking at me like, what are they doing to the puppy? Oh. So sad. And then at that point, I'm like, here's all my money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Take it. Take it. It's a blank check. Blank check. Makes you want to give, doesn't it? It does. Sarah McLaughlin always makes you want to give, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one, but. <laughs> hey, don't take it. <laughs> all right. Uh, anytime I hear a Sarah McLaughlin song now, all I can see is sad puppies looking at me. Okay, so the com- the commercial makes you angry because it makes you sad. Yes. And it works. It yes. does. Well, okay, well, that's it effective gu- it marketing. It guilts me into giving, but still. That's effective marketing. Yeah, whatever. Now, let's tie that back into Salesforce. How could you run that through your social.com or your buddy or whatever these things are nowadays that I don't know anything about? Your Radiant 6. Well, you're saying sell- you some kind of marketing. You're saying uh, at Dreamforce, uh, Benioff should hire Sarah McLaughlin to play while he does does the UCSF hospital. And <laughs> no, <clears throat> that would be too sad. All right. So you you um were telling me the other day how you were trying to install Windows 10. Yeah, I I actually had an issue with uh the Windows 10 hardware verification process saying that my VMware Fusion hardware driver or video card driver wasn't valid. Mm. So I went to VMware Fusion. They said, well, yeah, we know about that problem. We don't get it because it's signed by Microsoft, the driver is. Mm. So what I ended up did, what I did end up having to do was I could download the ISO for Windows 10 and then just install it straight out. That's what I ended up doing was I installed it just as a new image. Versus an upgrade? Versus an upgrade, okay. which had to go through this hardware ver- verification, all that kind of stuff. For some reason, this, this allowed it to go through. So, you, so one of the you know, big things about Windows 10 is you can upgrade. If you already have some version of Windows, is it like 7 or up? Or 7 Vista? and up, right. Not Vista? I don't think Vista. God, they, should, they should give you a free Windows 10 just because you endured Vista. 
<laughs> for so long. Yes. <laughs> or at all. Or maybe they even for a day. <laughs> I'm not going to say. I was going to say I was going to say something mean and say, "Well, maybe because you're an idiot because you're still on Vista, but right. it might yeah. be out of your control. You might be on some corporate machine or something." But, but basically, as long as you're not running a super old Windows, you can upgrade to Windows 10 for free, which is kind of huge yeah. for Microsoft, right? Except I couldn't for some reason because I had gotten an OEM copy of Windows to install on my machine and some reason my token was not. Oh, valid. see now this is what that's what we're going to ask ask about. This is this is the kind of Microsoft stuff that irritates me. Did they do some kind of verification to make sure that you mm-hmm. had really? Yeah, and I, I typed it in a million times and it was correct a hundred times over. I I even had I wasn't even sure because my my code had some eights and oh, some b's. It in makes it. you insert like your what is it the the COA code? Who has that? Well, I had it. I'm just saying most people aren't going to have it. Well, they're supposed to. It's supposed to be on your device. Or on your CD that this you got. Is, this is what I don't understand about Microsoft. This kind of stuff pisses people off. It doesn't work half the time. The Windows Genie Advantage thing was always breaking and telling people they were criminals when they weren't. Yeah. Um, and it just irritates people. And Microsoft doesn't... That's Upgrade revenue is such a small... That's why they're giving it. That's one reason why they're giving it away. They they get more in PR value than they did in actual revenue from, from upgrades. Because hardly anyone upgrades their Windows. They just buy a new machine. Windows right. machines are usually cheap anyway. You just buy a new one. Right. Well, I didn't end up buying it, and I I did get it installed and everything. So why didn't they just why didn't they put no verification process on it? Just if you want to upgrade, fine, you can upgrade. I don't know because the people that want to steal it or whatever, they're going to do it anyway. Plus, it's, again, it's such a small percentage. I mean, they make almost all their money on new machines, yeah. OEM licenses from new from computer manufacturers. Just irritating. Well, I got installed. I, I guess baby steps with Microsoft, right? Yeah, baby steps definitely. <laughs> I like it though. I mean, yeah, it, so I want to report. I have, you know, I, it's nice. I mean, I don't hate it. You know, that's that's probably a very good reaction. So, what considering was that when I first started with Vista, I, I couldn't stand it. I hated it, or yeah. even Windows Eight with the whole new. Were you running eight? I was running eight. Okay, eight point one or eight revision one or whatever it was. All of the eights. All of the eights. Well, there was eight, which was fairly bad, and then eight point one, which, which got was a, little bit a lot better. better right? I yeah. mean. But still, it was just uh, you know the awkwardness between the two different modes because it was so touch focused and everything. So you're you know as soon as you start up, you have the whole tile screen and everything, and everyone always went into the desktop. That's where they wanted to live, and so it was just an adjustment for people. Yeah. So, but I mean, the new one, the the start bars back or the start menus back, and you still get a kind of a tile interface, but it's a, it's a much smaller portion of the screen, and you can get back to the old screen. You can still have your full screen tiles if you wanted to. That's one of the settings. Um, but you're kind of back to a more familiar version of Windows. Edge browser is really nice. It seems pretty fast and responsive. And Edge is, um, what's the word for these browsers that continually update themselves? There's a, there's a term. For, anyway, but that's what, is that what Edge is going to be? I assume so. I think I use like that too. Doesn't it just, it just. I think so. Yeah. yeah, they all have. Okay, it's all part of the Windows update. Just, and it's it gets constantly updated. patching itself, yeah. basically the way Chrome and Firefox. Yeah, I think it was Chrome that really, that really came out with that. Right, they were the first uh, ones to do that. I think so. I know Firefox was pretty active in updates, but I don't think they were doing the auto updates. Chrome's until on Chrome. Came Chrome's out. on what forty five now, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice one interesting thing on Windows is that it has like some kind of reset feature. So apparently. For people like me who want to wipe it clean, I'm hoping that'll kind of let me reset back to what it was when it started. I don't know. We'll see. If I ever get the urge to do that. That used to be a normal thing for me with Windows. I periodically just reinstall the OS and reinstall everything. Yeah, you did that way too much. It was ridiculous. It was a way to keep things clean. I was always shuffling stuff in and off of my machine. It's got to be a better way to do it, though. 
It's like getting a new machine. That just means you can't ever trust your operating system because it's taking dumps all over your file system all the time <laughs> and in the registry. <clears throat> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is one good thing that I found out recently about uh, Visual Studio. Uh, as you know, Visual Studio 15 is out now, and I installed Windows 10. I was like, oh, crap, I got to install Visual Studio now. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, let's go see what this new one has to offer and see if I want to spend another thousand bucks on Visual Studio. Oh my gosh, is that how much it is? <laughs> That's how much the pro version is. Wow. However, they've gotten really nice. They've gotten much nicer in their older age. Microsoft has a little more mellow, we'll say. So you can, most of us can now get away with the Visual Studio Community Edition, which has everything. And the terms for usage are fairly open. What do you mean it has everything? Well, before they had the express version, it was a very kind of neutered version. You basically got some basic editor functionality, but none of the other tools or features or access to all these other things that you would get with the pro version. So I've always had to go with the pro version. And like I said, it, that could run you some, some hefty money. Right. So what is this? what's the one you're, that you're talking about? Which, it, what's it so called? they have three versions now. They have the community, uh, the pro version, and I forgot what the other one is because it's... And you're doing community or pro? I'm doing community. So, I mean, it's gotta, there's got to be a ton of stuff excluded from it. So here's, here's the licensing for community. Um, this is 2015? Visual Studio 2015? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so there's Team Foundation Server. So it's really just... Which, well, which you don't want to use that anyway. It's Enterprise. So. I'm sorry. It's, it's Enterprise with MSDN. There's, so there's Visual Studio Community, Visual Studio Professional, and Visual Studio Enterprise. Those are the three versions. So I'm looking for, you know, the grid that would compare these things. And as you would expect, I cannot find it. Maybe features? No. Products? Okay, so there's Visual Enterprise Community Professional, but it doesn't, there's no comparing them. Where's that screen? Well, because it, I don't think that exists anymore because it's pretty much the same application. So here's the rules for licensing. No, I have to make a decision, right? Whether I'm going to buy one of these three, three things. Which, three I'm gonna go, which of the three I'm going to go for with? The how, most do, part, how do I do that? For the most part, Community and Pro are the same application is what I'm trying to tell you. But that doesn't make any sense. It does make sense. Here's how it makes sense. So for, for Community, you can use Community, unlimited number of users for the following scenarios. Classroom, learning environment, academic research, or contribution to open source projects. For all other scenarios, for non-enterprise organizations, up to five users, you can use Visual Studio uh, Community. What they considered an enterprise is if the company has more than 250 PCs or their annual revenue is more than a million dollars a year. So if, if, as long as you're non-enterprise, you can use Community Edition to write your apps, build your apps, deploy your apps, connect to services, do all the things you could do with, on a non-neutered version like you had with Express. I wish they would tell you, so I found a, kind of, some kind of comparison thing, but it's not, it's not real great. Um, can I get this out of my face? Uh, let's see. There's no lab management features in Pro, whatever that means. Uh, Most of the features you'll be missing are, are probably going to be the team functionality, so the team collaboration, the team no, servers. No, very little architecture and modeling, so no yeah. UML stuff, no yeah. architecture validation, which is probably bogus, useless anyway. No architectural layer diagrams, probably useless. Um, oh, wow, missing a lot of testing tools. Professional. That, now, this is a problem. Uh, code coverage. Um, 
performance testing, load testing, uh, fakes, which is like mocks, stubs, whatever, um, exploratory testing, test case management. No, you don't get any of that. You get you get basic unit testing. Which Although, is fine. A lot of the community uses third-party third party, tools yeah, for those. And right. you, can, you can get access to those. You can install those with... Yep. Uh, I keep I say NuGet. Some people say Nugget. I think it's NuGet. But <sighs> you can get all that through there. name. What's the stuff called that comes inside some candy bars? Nougat? <laughs> I think I say Nougat. I say Nougat. <laughs> Just keep saying that. It gets, sounds weirder every time. <laughs> <laughs> nougat? Can I, can I have So anyways, can I, I was, I was I happy. I don't, have to buy, I don't have to buy, spend another grand of my money on tools that I barely use anymore. Um, although I would like to use them more, but. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I've always thought it makes sense, especially on a gigantic platform like Microsoft. Just give the developer tools away so people build stuff for your platform. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to make money every time someone sneezes. So man, it's it's been. I mean, just news wise, it's. A, I feel like we're in a calm before the storm. Oh, absolutely! As we get closer to Salesforce, well, yeah. So we get closer to Dreamforce. Sorry, um, it seems to dry up a bit. It's it's like the when a when a tsunami comes, the water recedes a bit. Yeah, and that's when and you, you know to run, right? You, you know, you start seeing things. You get really curious. You start <laughs> no, walking out. Don't get curious. You get curious and you walk out into the to the land. No. And going, oh, look at this artifact I never saw before because the water's gone now. <laughs> And then before you knew it, you're going to be slammed yeah. with information. Yep. It's a tidal wave of information. There's been, there was some news. Um, did you see the Salesforce Instagram thing? No. So I guess, I don't know, Instagram has some kind of advertising API or something, but Salesforce now has, um, if you are if you use their marketing suite, or sorry, cloud. It's not a suite, man. It's, <laughs> no, cloud, no, it's a man. cloud. Suite is I'm so sorry. 90s. For, forgive me, Salesforce gods, for I have, I have sinned. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, you know, it just lets you, I, I think it's similar to the Facebook. I think it even ties into the active audiences thing, which is hmm. uh, Facebook is a big part of that. I think it lets people place, so you can advertise. So it's an advertising platform that Instagram has, which I think is new. And so if you're an av- if you're a company, you want to advertise on Instagram, it allows you, you know, you, you obviously want to target your advertising, right? So people that are interested in certain things, if, if someone's looking at, you know, photos of, microphones or something. Someone's right? looking at photos of sales charts. Yeah. yeah they might, you know, <laughs> might, maybe you'll put an ad for your CRM system in it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, so I think they have that new system and Salesforce is marketing. I don't know if it's social.com or whatever. One of those things ties into it. Uh, so I saw that this week. Um, not a lot. I think it was last week. They kind of retreaded out their, women's surge or whatever program because there was a new york times article and like a TechCrunch article mm-hmm. that i read both of them and literally it was nothing new from the past six months so i think i don't know Salesforce is like hey we need some, you know we're not going to release any real news so why don't you guys you know rehash that women and our, our women <laughs> surge thing for us <laughs> so they did that but that's about i mean i, I just yeah not not a lot else going on what are you talking about anything else going on? Oh, I um, I, I noticed that Salesforce registered a new domain name. Oh, can you guess what it is? Uh, <laughs> Cloudforce. It's <laughs> so there's a new top level domain. Lightning. No. Uh, 
And and what Salesforce registered is Salesforce.sucks. What? Yep. No kidding. Yeah, because I just wanted to make sure I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> is that a dot com or it's it's a No, Salesforce.sucks. Really? You, you gotta do a who is. I'll put it in the show notes. Or uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of companies, almost all of them have registered immediately. As soon as it was available, went out and registered their their name so that no, so no one could kind of right. create a site and oh, <laughs> that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> You can't be looking out for the good ones. You have to look out for the bad ones too. Um, there's some Sage Live. So, you know, remember when Salesforce and Sage announced they were going to have some partnership and Sage was going to build something on some, I don't know. We don't really, we still don't know what, but either on the Salesforce One platform, which whatever well, that, that was means, Sage that means Life. a million things. That was Sage Live? Sage Life? I thought it was Live. I thought um, it was Life. Whatever it is. But anyway, I guess that's available. In the U.S. and the U.K., I think, no? Or parts of it or something, so. Of course, I'm, what is, that's, what are they, that's, um, would that be like accounting? It's accounting. Yeah, it's accounting. So this be a, um, like a financial force competitor, I guess, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it's um, Sage Life, I just looked at their site, so yeah, it's Sage Life. Mark Benioff's getting a Dell. Did you see that? He tweeted that he's getting a Dell. Looks like a pretty nice machine, actually. If I was if I had to run Windows, maybe I'd buy this machine. It's a um, who says he's going to run Windows? He could run Linux. Um, no, because he was like sucking up to Nadella in his tweet about it. Oh, so so it's got to run Windows. Plus, I mean, there's there's still parts of Salesforce that require Windows and like Outlook to do certain email functions. Um, yeah, this XPS Hopefully 13. less and less. I mean, Office 365 is now available on both Windows and Mac. You can get this for um, 800 bucks too, 850 bucks from Amazon, this XPS 13. The Dell? Yeah. Oh, nice. you know what he's using it for? 10 bucks says he's gaming. Well, we know he's not, we know he's not <laughs> using it for business because he runs his business from his mobile phone and his watch. His watch, man, not the phone. He the runs watch. A, a $6 billion company from yeah. his watch. So he just needs a little downtime. So he's got the Dell for gaming. That's what it is. <laughs> what a little first say? person shooter action, maybe some uh, World of Warcraft, maybe. Oh, this is kind of creepy. This was his tweet. Um, he tweets, I, I just ordered my first at Satya Nadella created Windows 10 PC. It's a at Michael Dell XPS 13. Looking forward to touching it and speaking to it. Was he still talking about his computer? <laughs> Did he change subjects there? And Michael Dell responds, thanks, Benioff. You will love your Dell.com slash XPS 13 with <laughs> hashtag Windows 10 at Satya Nadella. Oh, these guys. I talk about these CEOs backslapping each other and these just deals they do. And, you know, Salesforce and, and Dell have had a... Um, a pretty tight relationship for a long time. Yeah. I think they've even done. Um, well, they Dell used to come out and speak, um, oh yeah? sell computers, hardware. Right. And didn't, um, I don't know t- to what extent this actually got implemented, but you know, Salesforce announced that they were going to buy tons of Dell machines for their data centers. And in response, you know, Dell agreed to use the, the Salesforce community <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> uh, I wonder how that went. I'm sure it went well. It's, I'm sure they're still using it. I know they're still using it, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. For them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyone who's been through a community's uh, implementation probably is, has things to say right now. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it to myself. 
depends on how customized you want it, which everyone wants their community customized. Well, because, yeah, ideally, it doesn't look like a Salesforce community. Right. 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 Um, it's weird. When you start a new community, when you create a new community today or nowadays, there are these... So you can either pick the traditional, like, you know, just Salesforce, the tabbed interface, right? Right. There's three or four other things. One of them, and it's it's real confusing on what they are because <clears throat> they have these Hawaiian, of course, Hawaiian names, right? These different options you can Aloha. pick. Yeah, exactly. Then they, they, don't, they don't even mean anything. Um, let's see. One of them was... Uh, hang on. I don't remember the names of them. Oh, wait a minute. No, one of them was... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, Koa or something like that. I don't know, but they're uh, some of the uh, like the options are. What's the what's the CMS sites sites? No, yeah. site.com. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> uh, one of them site.com. Although it doesn't say that, it says like you know Aloha in that little description of this allows you to easily build you know drag and drop your community. It's like it doesn't, but it doesn't say hey this just takes you to site.com, which is what it should say, but it doesn't. <laughs> Branding, yeah. man. Get, I, I mean, maybe get your marketer hat on. You know what? Maybe, maybe if I under if I could speak Hawaiian, I would know. Maybe that's like what it says. Maybe that's like site dot com in Hawaiian. <laughs> you know, you know that's a greeting, right? No, I don't. A, I, I know Aloha is, okay. but they weren't called Aloha. I don't remember the names, but they're these, these <laughs> right. Hawaiian names. It's like that's the most basic one of all to understand. But yeah, so there's just there's uh, there's four or five different options, and you can't tell other than the Visual Force Plus tabs one. You mm-hmm. you can't tell what they do. You just have to know, or you have to try, I guess. And I'm, I'm you, have to, you have to, Jeremy, <laughs> you need to go out and get your community trail bad, trailhead badge. Then you'll know. I, you know, maybe, maybe that will be my entree into trailhead. <laughs> <laughs> just to remind me that, cause I will forget. So, well, uh, John, I, I do have a quiz for you today. You're, you are, no. gonna, you're going to be in the hot seat. I don't want to take a quiz today. No, you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm on vacation. <laughs> but before we get to anything, okay. you didn't let me talk about my hoverboard. You didn't ask. I did. It's you, in the show notes. Uh, I'm not even looking at show notes. You're not. I didn't even. Ha- I didn't have anything to contribute today, so I. Uh, I don't even have it open. Wow. It's so disappointing. What are we so we, oh, we, by the way, we got to see. We didn't, we didn't mention this. This is episode fifty. This is episode fifty. I was trying to decide if this was a big deal or not. It's 50 episodes. Uh, is that milestone 50 or is a milestone 100? I mean, Do we celebrate it 100? I think they're both milestones. I mean, 100, 100 is, you know, it's a, you add a digit, so it's more significant, I think. But 50 is big. Yeah. How long has it taken us? It's over a year and a half, right? Well, yeah, because we, when we started out, we were kind of sporadic on our posting, even though we said we're a weekly podcast. We recorded every other week. Right. <laughs> and sometimes posted a week later. I mean, can I go to gooddaysterpodcast.com slash one or anything like that and get to our, no. They're Trying not. to get back to the beginning? Yeah, just, I, I would like to see the date, but how do you get there older? I could probably get there faster on Lipson. Yeah. I wonder if my, I wonder if my podcast app will show me. Um, Episode one was October 24th, 2013. So we're almost at two years. Yeah. So that's an average like once every other week. If you go back that far, yeah. Right. But I mean this year we've been we've been awesome. We've been we committed to the to the once a week and we've been we've been meeting that. 
Now, next week's going to be interesting because you're gone. You're off. You're out of town. Yeah, and I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, I guess maybe not record next week. That's an option. Yeah, so or I could sit here in front of the mic by myself and talk to all, all you lovely people and who want to hear I'll my be, I'll, sultry voice. I'll be hanging out in the in the shadow of the Mayakamas Mountains, sipping Napa Cabernet. Vino. Yep. <laughs> well, that's for three days, and then we're going to Sonoma. And I'll probably be drinking a lot of Pinot Noir. Maybe nice. some Syrah if I can find some good stuff. So yeah, so I guess we won't record next week. Or, I don't know. Or we can do some... I don't know. Maybe the thing can, is, you're, you're the audio guy, so I have no idea what the setup is or how to record. Because yeah. I, I wouldn't mind recording and having a guest in, but I don't know. That's semantic. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So anyway, we'll figure something out. Same. It's back to my hoverboard. Yeah, okay. We All saw right. the hoverboard. We now see it working. We if ha- we if have that some, video was real, I saw that. It is real. What, were you, what did you think of it? Did, you, did it seem impressive? How, compared to your expectations, how did it look? Uh, my expectations were met. I mean, it looked great. It worked great. Um, where I was kind of let down and let down, I'm using loosely, is that it can't be used anywhere. Well, well did you I, see all the steam coming off of it from the liquid nitrogen? I'm yeah. assuming it's got liquid nitrogen in there, right? It is. Yeah, that's what that is. But what, what I mean by you can't use it anywhere is that it's a specially designed course that has magnets in the track built in. So you're still this dealing- is, This is not impressive to me. It's, it's not the, the Back to the Future days hoverboard where you can just take it wherever you want and it works. So they put, they put metal underneath that concrete on where they Actually, were Actually, there's that? magnets in the, under the concrete. There's uh, yeah. those rare earth magnets that, that are really strong and everything. So, right. so they, that's what they have under there. And even the part, they, they did show it going across water, which was really cool. But yeah, on what, further inspection and understanding right the technology, it? yeah, it's, yeah, it's a very shallow yeah. kind of just layer of water because it's still got to have something to hover against. It was cool. Yeah. I liked it. It was pretty awesome. It was kind of. It was interesting watching them, these pros. Right. You know, try to try, try, to, try to figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, the technology is great. It's awesome. Sat there with my daughter. Both watched it together. It's a cool. bonding moment. Yeah, that's cool. Now, if if there was a course set up where I could try it out, I'd try it out. Why not? I'd bust my butt. You would. You would eat it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd eat a bad. You'd be. You'd be. In, you'd end up in the hospital like I was. <laughs> I Break a hip. I'm not an old man like you. No. <laughs> You're what two months older than me. Older and wiser. That's ancient. You're an old man. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I, I like. I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a letdown to, to know that you can't just take it wherever you want, but it's still cool. It's yeah. a hoverboard. I mean, they'll never sell these, right? I don't think so. Yeah. I wonder if it's. I wonder if they're planning on using any of that technology in cars or what was I the thought point about of, that. I was what, like, how could you scale that up? And is it practical? I mean, the, I mean how do you justify I mean, that they've surely spent millions of dollars on that millions. It, I, I'm sure they learned a lot from it and things they could use. Maybe it for. so. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Like, how do you justify that as a company? Yeah. Do the impossible. Yep. All right, John, are you ready to nope. be embarrassed? No, I have to do our idea of the week. Okay. What you get when you don't look at show notes, I know, you I don't know what's coming I up. I keep getting distracted. So the idea of the week comes from uh, Rhonda Ross. Is any relation, Jeremy? No, but <laughs> two two fun facts about that. One, I know Rhonda. I used to work. I used to work with her former employer. We did a project, a couple projects together. Oh, nice. Yeah. So hopefully, I get to meet her at Dreamforce. I don't even know if she listens. Do you know if she? I mean, has she ever? Uh, I don't know. She's an MVP, so she yeah, she's more than likely to be up there. She, and, 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'll definitely say that. So I'll have to, I'll have to go uh, find her. Stalker. Like, hey, do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, that's, that's also my stepmom's name. <laughs> yeah, it is. Which <laughs> is kind of always a weird thing. All right. So what's the idea? So the idea is the need to access custom fields from a user object when doing service cloud reporting. So with cases, ownership of cases, and it's like this for other objects as well, it's not strictly an owner. It could be an owner or it could be a queue. And so because of that, because it's a polymorphic field, um, you're not able to access the properties like you can with other reference types. Right. And so the idea is that, well, get it together. <laughs> Let us have access to this. We need to be able to do some reports on this and show you know, the name or whichever, some other information about you know, who owns this case. This, <clears throat> you know, polymorphic... These polymorphic keys, as Salesforce invented this term, I guess, because I, I hadn't heard this term anywhere else. It's it's kind of cool, but it's just a little too clever. It creates more problems than it solves. I'd much rather have, instead of having a who ID on something, I'd much rather have it, any arbitrary link there. Yeah, but imagine for every custom object that you're going to associate a task to, it's going to be, you're going to have a, a field free for one of those? A contact or a lead, Right okay, so that's who, but the what, what can be anything. Like anything else, right? Yeah. But but what does the what get me? And, and the answer to that is that Salesforce, the reason they have those polymorphic keys is because that's, that's your way of indicating to Salesforce that um, I'm associating this to a person, which can be, a, in, you know, again, a contact or a lead. Right. And Salesforce can wrap functionality around that. I mean, they, they know a who ID is always a person, which means that they always, it's always, it's someone who's always going to have an email address, a phone number. So you, you can enable certain functionality around that. You always know a who ID is constrained to these types. Right. Now, what IDs you really don't like what IDs, they're not constrained to any base set of functionality other than it's going to have a, an owner and a created date. Right. <laughs> right. That's about it. Yeah. And a name field. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it, it just caused a lot of problems. And, you know, there's all kinds of workarounds, which I guess it's good that we have them now in, in SQL and different things to, to, because before they were just flat limitations. You just, there's tons of stuff you couldn't do because of these polymorphic, polymorphic fields. Yeah. Well, I mean, now they have kind of a... Well, you couldn't join against it. You couldn't, you know, if you wanted to bring in like the, some a record from via, you know, traversing one of these polymorphic fields... You you know Salesforce doesn't know what's on the other side of that, so you can't you can't say, you know who ID dot, uh, whatever some field because it doesn't know whether that's a contact or a lead. Right. right now, I actually wrote about this two years ago. Well, I guess technically two years ago. It was in October December of twenty thirteen. December twenty thirteen. December twenty ninth. I must have been bored. <laughs> it's Christmas time, man. But I wrote about polymorphic fields and how to use them and, and different cases in Apex where things will act weird if you don't use them right. So I wrote about that. But then I also talked about some new feature that was coming out that I was really excited about. And it was about polymorphic fields. There was going to add to the SQL language um, a type of property. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. They've... Well, it, it hasn't been released as far as I know. It's still in developer preview after two years. And what? even their current documentation, because I went to verify this, was like, I don't think they've ever released that. And so I, I went to the documentation. It still says, type of is currently available as developer preview as part of the SQL polymorphism features. Wow. I could have sworn I've used that. 
Maybe I think I have. And that that okay. So it was first the concept was first released in version twenty six of the API. So as far as I know, since then they have not released this. It's still only developer preview, and I'm assuming that's because there's some kind of issue with making it available to everybody. I'm not sure if as testing they found something or some issue that it could be performance. Maybe, but I was really excited about it because what it did is allowed you to say if the type if the what type if the type of this what ID is a account return these fields, and if it's an opportunity return these fields, so that you could effectively with a query get some additional information Mm -hmm. about what that task or object was related to. Yep. Yeah, because without that, there's just a whole class of functionality you basically can't do or you have to do it in a less efficient way. Right. So it was a nice feature I was really excited about, but yeah, I have yet to see it come about. But yeah, so that that for that alone, that's one of the reasons to promote this idea because it keeps keeps the concept of, you know, addressing this poly, polymorphism, I guess, corner they back themselves into with this is maybe yeah. safe to say. Can we find out who at, at Salesforce... Um, Invented this polymorphic field feature. I don't see you. You see it as a bad thing. I see this kind of catch them in a dark alley. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a good creative solution. I just it had some unintended consequences. I think down the road. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the alternative to to having a a, a, just a blanket ID that you can't do anything with. Not a blanket ID. Just you should, as with any other relational database management system that's ever been invented, you can define a relationship to another object slash table, whatever you want to call it. and But it's strongly typed. It. It's This is the account ID, which relates exactly. to this object. Right. So, well, so actually, for, a lot of databases do have the notion of, they don't, I don't think they're called polymorphic keys, but um, almost like sub, like a, a, a super class that right. is, it can, it can be a link to anything as long as it supports this subset of fields, right? So, but that's on the more advanced side. I don't, think yeah. I don't think I've ever even used those features. Anyway. Well, in most cases, in most systems, or not most, i got to stop saying most systems. In the traditional legacy world that I come from... You're exaggerating, John. <laughs> <laughs> we had joins. And we could do a join. It didn't matter what the idea was. I could do a join and get as much information about that object it was related to as I wanted to. Yeah. Well, we're talking about SQL here. You can't even say, show me all contacts where first name equals last name. I mean, just the most basic stuff that SQL has had since, you know, the eighties, you know, those kind of limitations, they, they, they not only affect us as developers, but they affect dumbfounding limitations. They affect those writing reports. Yeah. I mean, it's only been recently that we could do a, I don't know what you, what kind of report you call it, where it, it does not exist, a not exist report, I guess. I'm not sure what to call it. Yeah. So Salesforce has this term anti-joins and semi-joins. That's such a weird terminology. Like, Really? I mean, that's some serious not invented here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. All right. Let's move along. Move. Do uh, you want to do these other nope. two things? No, because we are, uh, where, what are we doing here? How are we doing? We are at an hour. How are you doing? All right. You ready to be embarrassed? You ready to pay up, John? I feel like you designed this <laughs> entire quiz just to get me. Well, okay. So I, I feel like I'm under attack now, by the way. Sarah created, pr- provided these questions. Oh, which, by the way, I, I have to apologize to Shell Black um, on the podcast officially. <laughs> Apparently, when I gave you that quiz of his questions, I completely butchered him. Yeah, I asked was, them wrong. Was, I presented them wrong. You're making um, him look bad, like he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I confused, you know, the different answers. So You know, and I asked him to send me some good questions for you, and he didn't. I mean, what's up? What's up with this? It's busy. <laughs> I guess so. Um, all right. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's get started. All right. So we have what? Six questions. That's a little loud in my ear. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I can, I'm going to fade it. Don't you worry. Six questions. Uh, what what are the rules here on, on paying? Uh, same as always. Zero to three. Um, you pay. Okay. Or no. Zero. You, you, you pay. I pay. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to look at my chart here. <laughs> if you get four right. So zero to three, I pay. Okay. Four to five, you pay $5. Zero to three, I pay $5. If I get all six correct, then you pay $10. Okay. I'm fine with all that, except let's just double those numbers. Double them? Yeah. So du- $10. Double or nothing. <laughs> so 10, 10, 20. Yeah. Does that work? That works. All right. I'm game. Okay. How long are custom fields stored after deletion? Here's your choices. 60 days, 45 days, 30 days, 15 days, or custom fields are immediately erased from the system in the uh, the most recent edition of Salesforce. Well, I know it's not the last one, so... Are you sure about that? Yes, I'm sure about that. 60 days, 45 days, 30 days, or 15 days? I'm going to go with 60 days. 60 days? Is that your uh, final answer? That is my final answer. Oh. The answer is 15 days. 15? No, no, it's kind of stingy, huh? thought for sure I had more time than that. All right. Are you keeping score? Uh, Yes. Okay. What two things does the primary relationship detail object in a master detail relationship inherit right so you gotta select two of these what two things is the primary relationship detail object in a master detail relationship inherit okay non-formula based values from the master the color and associated tab icon from the primary master record and C, the value of the owner field and sharing slash security settings from the primary master record. And these are what what's included, what's inherited? Yes, you got to pick two. And it was A, B, and C, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it's B and C. Yep, you're right. Yes. All right, you got one. For what two things is the tab base, or sorry, is the tab search layout responsible? So what, gosh, whoever wrote these, like they were very pedantic about their questions not ending with a preposition and sounds (laughs) stupid. I'm going to ask it the way I want to ask it, okay? What two things is a tab search layout responsible for? Okay. And it can be, there's more than one. Okay. The fields that are available on each custom object. The default fields that appear in related lists on other detail pages, on other object detail pages. The, the fields returned in global search and the fields that appear in the list on the tab homepage. I'll do this again. A, the fields that are available in each custom object. B, the default fields that appear in related lists on other object detail pages. C, the fields returned in global search. 
and D, the fields that appear in the list on the tab homepage. And it's two answers, right? It is two answers. I'll so give you C that and hint. D. C and D. C and D, is that your final answer? Yes. Ah, no, this says B and D. B the, and D. The default fields that appear in related lists on other object detail pages. Ah, which seems weird to me. I almost want to fact check that question. Anyway. All right. These are, these are getting, this will get easier now. How many permission sets can an org have? 100, 200, 500, or 1,000? I think it's a thousand. Yes. <laughs> okay. Two what is two. what is the maximum amount of values in a controlling field? You know what those are, right? Maximum it's dependent of pick lists, I guess. A thousand. Would you would you like your choices? Yes. <laughs> Twenty-five, one hundred, three hundred, five hundred. Oh, now I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Ask the question again. What is the maximum amount of values in a controlling field? Five hundred. It's three hundred. Isn't that weird? It's a weird number. Three hundred. For... That is a weird number. I know. Should be a five number somewhere. All right. <laughs> Last question: How many dashboard filters can be applied to a single dashboard? I didn't even never even use dashboard filters until the other day. All right. It's here are your options. One, two, three, or five. How many dashboard filters can be applied to a single dashboard? One. <laughs> three. Another another weird one. Man. <laughs> Well, I only got sorry, John. I only got three right, so I'm putting in ten dollars. Ten bucks, and I'm scot free, right? And you're scot free, unless you want to do a bonus round. I'm not prepared. I need oh, to get more questions. Right up the these, middle. These admin questions. I mean, these I'll never win on these. They're just. Too I spend hard. too much time in the development. I know, environment. me too. I don't. I don't spend a lot of time in point and click yeah. world, unless uh, I'm setting something up for what I'm doing. But yeah. And it's it's uh, it's like rote memor- memorization on some of these things. And the other tricky thing, the li- these limits change. Oh yeah, right. Well, that's why we have our our uh, exams every <laughs> every release. Like no, those have like four questions on them. The renewal exams yeah. or whatever they're going. No, those are. I don't even know why they have those. I think it's well, it's to collect another hundred bucks from me every every year. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that was good. Um, we'll have to. That's a good start. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Oh, it, that times three. That's thirty bucks, man. No, no, no. We're not times in that times three. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let that at five. Yeah. <laughs> and these are these are separate from the swear jar. It's got to be. Right? Okay. Well, I, swear, I track them separately. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So yeah. So we may we may do some kind of short episode for next week. We may not. You'll just have to wait and see surprise yep <laughs> maybe i'll do one from napa yeah i'll call in you just record it skype how are we in time i have one more thing to talk about all right it's just a little story it's a story about a a man who uh had a dream and that dream was to create a single package you're getting cheesy already <laughs> 
create a single package for for an application that was going to serve multiple needs. So you shouldn't have told me. You already partially told me the story. I did. I know. So now you don't care, do you? No, nah, but like, go yeah. ahead. Keep going. Yeah, I don't care anymore. Keep going. No, that's all right. You already. Re- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I was tasked to build this 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 package, and this package centered around account teams, but it also had some functionality built around uh, opportunity splits. However, because this package needed to be installed in a lot of different places, not everyone was going to use the opportunity split functionality. So that meant splitting up my package into two different packages because one can't have a dependency while the other one created a dependency. Otherwise, you couldn't use one or the other. And split your package? Sounds painful. Girl, <laughs> <sighs> no, I'm just saying, I mean, it sounds like that would be difficult. It sucked. Okay. Because I already built this infrastructure around this being one single package, so there's a lot of kind of shared code that I had to kind of, or that I was planning on isolating a little bit more. Right. Um, however, it dawned on me that you know what made splitting that package easier is if when you were building it, you had you were working in a language that you could only expose parts of your code that me- were meant to be exposed by use by access modifiers and namespaces. Would have been much easier to split it up, and you would have also you would have already had those boundaries defined had you organized your code well. You would have had nice groupings already of functionality, and you could have easily split on those lines. Yeah, that's not what I had. No, you didn't have that because no. you were writing an apex. <laughs> <laughs> but it did dawn on me that at that really the only time I'm really interacting with this object that was the the opportunity split object for dependencies was creating the records themselves. All the other logic and everything, the triggering logic and everything was independent of that. So then it dawned on me, well, I could use dynamic Apex. And that's kind of what I ended up doing. I basically, instead of creating an object instance directly of opportunity split, thus creating a dependency, I just used dynamic Apex to create an instance of that object. And that way, everything's kind of virtual. I'm creating it by name. And, and essentially, when I get the instance, I can detect whether or not that object exists in the metadata. And thus, I can skip over it. So, right yeah. before, right when I create the object, I get the instance. If the instance comes back null, meaning that object doesn't exist in the metadata, I skip over actually creating the the data itself. Yeah, um, and that 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 worked beautifully. Now, one problem, one mistake I did make was, I thought, okay, well, maybe I should skip this entire code block if if you know opportunity splits isn't on. Well, the problem is that mess with my code coverage stats. Mm. So I actually did end up having to let the code run aside from this one block of maybe 10 lines that created the object, set all the fields, and then did the DML operation on it. I still had to let everything else run so that the unit test would run. Obviously, my unit testing coverage will fluctuate in environments that has opportunity splits versus one that does not. But at least that class had coverage. Yeah. So. Well, I thought you were going to talk about how you ended up having to do a managed package. Well, that, it, that was the other, I mean, okay. it, this was all in transition to making a managed package, but I wanted to make one package. I didn't want to make two managed packages, one for this bulk of the account team functionality, and then one for this tiny set of opportunity splits. Yeah. You know, it just seemed like, not only it had to be two different environments at that point, it had to, I basically had to move out code that was shared, you know, move settings over that was shared, and now I'm going to bloat the client's org with all these extra objects and everything just to support this one feature. Um, so by kind of changing my architecture a bit and making that dynamic so that the dependency wasn't there, then I could get away with that. Yeah. 
And it would be nice in the Salesforce packaging world or whatever, if there was some kind of almost like, you know, like nowadays in, in real programming, you've got things like Docker and VMs and, and um, containers, right? Mm -hmm. It'd be nice if there was like some Salesforce, you know, of course they'd create their own technology to do this. They wouldn't reuse anything that's already out there, but some kind of like container technology that you can just drop this container in and, and it's got its own custom set, its own set of classes, its own whatever that don't just get dumped in and co-mingled with the, the org's existing things. Wasn't that the point of the namespace, though? I mean, it's, the, it's isolated. The, it's its own. It has its own it's limits. Not, it's really not isolated, though. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. I mean, go look at your class list in your org. It's got an unmanaged. Or it's, or it's got you know managed package classes, unmanaged package classes, unpackaged classes. It's just all everything's mixed in, right? Yeah. And and I think there's some benefit to that. Maybe that because you got one place to go to see any class. But I mean the. It's the the, uh, the mental overhead of that is... I mean, sometimes having access to those classes, even though I can't access the underlying code, I can still interact with those classes, you know, all their public methods and everything. So then that's that's valuable. I'm not saying you wouldn't be able to do that. You would just be do it through some, some kind of like container namespace or something. I mean, just the fact that they just, everything gets all jumbled together. It's just, it's gross. Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. But And, and, as, and the other thing to think about, as like if you're an ISV and you, you publish packages, you know that... It makes you second guess everything you do because you know that every item you create, every piece of metadata, whether it's a class or a field or a custom setting, it's going to get commingled into the into your customers' orgs, and so it really makes you second guess. Like, gosh, it makes you feel bad every time you create something new. Yeah, every time you add something to that package, it's like, oh, this is it's going to add more things to their org. Yeah, I am conscious of what gets added to an org. I mean, I, I try to keep as lean as possible. Um, I, I think for me, I, it just would be nice to have some kind of feature, some kind of supported way in Apex to know whether a feature is enabled. And, you know, for the, I guess the dependency checker to be a little bit smarter to be able to say, you know, if if they don't have this feature, allow me some way to code that object to say, okay, you know, is enabled if this feature is enabled or something along those lines. Yeah. You know, something you, a little more elegant than that. Could you imagine, just, could you imagine if at Dreamforce they announce either namespaces in Apex or some kind of container technology like this that really just fixes this package problem you will see me laughing like a child with joy i'll just i'll be, have to be crying with tears of joy you'll be crying with tears running up to benioff with bear hug right i will yeah let's <laughs> <laughs> so get that trending bear hug benioff sure or jeremy i think it's a good idea should probably put your name yeah. in there this i'm sorry this huge bird looks like flew into this tree this huge black bird and it's distracting me these crows are gigantic here it reminds me of a like a hitchcock movie it's kind of scary sometimes being here by myself and all these giant birds will land on this tree is that why you miss me so much when i'm not here you get scared scared, yeah (laughs) to keep the lights on yeah (laughs) and to that i say good day sir good day sir this is incredible are you guys pumped up and ready to go no, are you really pumped up and ready to go? Woo! Yeah! Showing you things you like Try to get engagement With some photos from my life My cat, my Share my stuff and sweet it's
everyone i want you to stand up right now take out your phones take a selfie with your neighbor it's time to get social hey now y'all can we just get real do we really care about our fans, or is this just another deal? Said another way that we lost our way? Social's about the people, remember? We are people. Do we really need another like, fan, or share? Do we need another post to show up everywhere? I hope as we scatter that we never forget that our posts live forever even when we go to bed. So connect with me, let's have some fun, let's show the world out Give it up, Mary McCoy. Woo! Good job. Good job.